Welcome everybody, my name is Krush AK and this is the Market Meditations Podcast. We chat with fascinating people from around the world to extract mindsets, routines, stories and habits to help you build richer lives. Before we jump into this episode, don't forget that I send hand-picked market news, insights and education to over 6,000 traders and investors three times a week. To get access to this, all you have to do is sign up to karushak.substack.com. Meditators, for today's episode, we've put together some of our favorite self-improvement segments and clips up until now. For me, the money actually has never really meant all that much. And I think I can say that with a relative honesty and a relative transparency here. Of course, we have to think pragmatically and obviously we have to make income and these types of things. But I was always under the assertion that if you do a great job, you love on people and you serve other people in the work that you do, that the money will come. And in my experience, now I haven't lived that long, but I'm closer to 40 than anything else. In my experience, that that is absolutely true, is that when you find something, it's something that you can do in the service of others and you do it with excellence, invariably over time, invariably over time, you can make a good living wage on it. Now, we're not talking about getting maybe filthy rich here, but you can live a rewarding, fulfilling purpose-filled life by serving other people, helping them grow in whatever you're good at and whatever you're, you know, you're a subject matter expert about. Uh, and that, I think that is, that is what is, what life is all about. I think life is about helping and serving other people and through that helping and serving yourself. And so it's a win-win. And so I'm, I'm a big fan. You've heard of this before Karush through some, probably some of my podcasts or some of my videos, uh, back in the day, but the more that you give, the more that you get. And that's that's a big theme of my life. Peter is truly incredible and there'll be a lot more of him in this episode. Following on perfectly is a story about how Scott Melker's personal assistant got his job. My assistant, he invited me to speak. He was a college student and invited me to speak at the University of Florida blockchain uh blockchain club. So I went in and I gave a lecture and then we stayed in touch and he just kept asking me for a job. Uh, once a month, I'd get a text from the guy who was like, hey, man, really want to work for you. Like, can we do this? And eventually, I just kind of gave in and gave him part-time work. He proved himself. I gave him full-time work. He decided not to go back to grad school and works for me full-time now. And, you know, I've continued to pay him better on a very regular basis. And he gets, you know, he loves crypto. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've just kind of grow together. And in the, at the end of the day, I think he believes in what we're doing. And he knows that I will take care of him as it grows. You know, that he can le- legitimately become a part of everything that's happening here. And I think he feels that. And that's how people should feel if they work for you. Be persistent, work hard, and you can get anywhere in life. Now let's have Sahil talk about expanding your knowledge and network. I read a ton um, and I read broadly. Um, you know, I read everything mm-hmm. from fiction, nonfiction, history, biographies. I, I'm kind of all over the map, whatever piques my interest. That's one. The other one is just broadening your network um, of both peers and mentors um, that can kind of expose you to new and interesting concepts, mm-hmm. ideas, and people. Um, I've always found that like, my greatest that I get to meet and interact with and engage with that push me that champion my career or, or my uh, professional life. And that is that's made all the difference for me personally. As the best selling author Tim Sanders has said your network is your net 
worth. Now, Scott Melker takes this point to the absolute extreme, talking about the benefits of helping others, even if they are your direct competitors. You know, I believe that there's room for everybody to succeed and that uh, life is a whole lot of fun when you when you all, uh, you know, make progress together. It's funny. It's like, you know, my favorite game at the casino is playing craps because everybody sort of wins at the same time and celebrates. And that's sort of like how I uh, approach life and things like that. You know, it's funny because a lot of people would have probably asked why I would encourage you to, quote unquote, you know, compete. I guess, to some degree, because like, you know, more podcasts, more newsletters, you know, tra- attracting more people, I guess, away. But that's just not the view that I take on things. You know, if somebody asks me for help, I, I, I generally try to give it. And I think that, you know, more positive messaging, uh, you know, more of the right people who I know truly care about the community um, doing good it, it will benefit everyone, sort of like the, you know, rising tide lifting all, all ships. So, um, it's just the way I've always sort of been. It's the way I was raised. My, my parents were just very positive people and, and always taught me to, to sort of proceed in that, in that manner. I mean, I went through my angsty late teenage and 20 years where I was a bit of a hater and kind of trollish, I guess. But in general, you know, I, I like to see, see people succeed. And, and if I can help in any way in that, it makes me feel like I've made an impact. And, you know, I think, both selfishly and for anyone, like it feels good when you help people and you, you see people progress. So I, I don't know if I do that for me or for others, but either way, it's something that's very important to me. Now to compound on top of this, something which is often overlooked is spending money to buy time. I will happily pay people to help me with every part of my life. I've always believed that if you can afford it, you should pay people to do everything you don't want to do. It's crazy. I've been having a very similar experience where I feel like I'm just trying to uh, create more success so I can pay people to get more time so I can do things which take up more of my time so I can then pay people to to give me more time. It's just this infinite. Right. But it is an infinite cycle, but your margin increases on each of those things and you're happy. You know what I mean? And you can't put a price on that. And, you know, I always say that the only reason to really have money is to buy yourself time. So, yes, there's an irony in that, which is that, like, we continue to work harder and and take more time. But, like, I also don't want to clean my house. So I pay someone to clean my house. I don't want to do my yard. So I pay someone to do my yard. I don't want to, like, have to, you know, edit podcasts. So I pay someone to edit the podcast, you know, And, and that's the way that I've always approach things because I truly believe that if you pay people well and they're loyal to you and you know you treat them with respect that they will help you succeed right I mean it, it's altruistic but it's also selfish like I, I openly admit but you just you know you, you can't do it on your own and you can't expect to do it with help if that help feels underappreciated or that help feels underpaid or any of those things. So, you know, I, I really believe in paying people their value and paying people to do all the things that you're not particularly good at or that you don't want to do. Because generally, like the people I'm paying are way better at these things than I am. Um, yeah, I find a similar thing. And I add on top of that as well, that um, alongside making sure they're getting paid and they're happy, uh, I like to get a thorough understanding of what the people who are working with or for me, uh, what their goals are and everything I can do to help them reach that end goal for themselves, whatever it may be. Oh yeah. I I agree with that a hundred percent. 
Here we now have Sahil talking about following your passion. As you free up all this time, where do you put it? Well, you find things you really enjoy and work relentlessly at them. You need to have passion uh, in order to do well. I I've never seen someone quote unquote succeed without genuine excitement about what they're doing and what they're working on. I think that is an ultimate prerequisite. The insane work ethic and consistency, I think is like what you see where people take it above and beyond and are going to the next level in whatever they're doing. Um, but that's something I pride myself on, man. I mean, if there's, if there's one thing I can say, I feel genuinely differentiates me about people that I quote unquote compete with and anything that I do is like, I, I'm willing to die rather than lose at whatever it is. Like if I'm going head to head, yeah, I always heard like Will Smith. I always loved this. Um, he, he, he was saying when he gets on a treadmill, if you're next to him on the treadmill and you guys are running, you're running against him. He says, either you're going <laughs> to, either you're going to quit or I'm going to die. Uh, because that's how much his work ethic means to him and how far he's willing to push himself. Um, and that's something I feel about myself is I just know there's nothing that can break me. Like I've been broken. I've pushed myself through incredible mental things, um, physically and mentally, um, over the course of my life to harden that skill. Um, and I just know I have it in me now, no matter what, to dig as deep as I need to dig on anything for my family, for my friends, for my work, whatever it might be. And Nathaniel Whitmore also touches on the topic of time, using freedom as your motivation rather than wealth, which can really change your mindset. I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And what I kept coming back to was people who had optimized for freedom, like the ability to uh, to decide what they're going to do, what they're going to spend their time on. And you know, wealth is a part of that. Money is a part of that for sure. But I kept coming back to this guy that I had been a, a friend uh, at. I, I was a undergrad at Northwestern and spent the first few years after school building a program that was sending students all over the world. And this guy was, a, I had met him actually just at a coffee shop randomly. And he was a private client lawyer. He did international tax law in Evanston, Illinois. And I spent a lot of time learning about him. He had like these four great daughters. He was in his fifties and he was always like, at the same time, I was like hustling my little face off at this coffee shop. He was having coffee with his friends and they did it every morning. And, um, and, and I I learned about his life and he uh, he was one of the youngest partners who's made one of the youngest partners at Sidley Austin, which is a huge, huge firm in Chicago when he was in his late 20s. And he had his first kid and he was like, if I keep this partner role, I'm never going to see her. I'm never going to be part of her life. I'm going to work 90 hour weeks. And so he left that, started this firm. He went out and recruited clients in the countries that he liked being in. So a huge part of his business was in Southeast Asia because he wanted to spend time there. And he designed a full life and he did take a pay cut. You know, a partner at Sidley Austin can make millions easily per year, you know, uh, whereas he, I don't know, he was probably making six or 700,000 on a good year. It's like, still, we're talking about numbers that are like, he made a very good life for himself. And he had this unbelievable freedom. He was engaged in his kid's life. And I kept coming back to that guy, like versus like these billionaires that I knew in San Francisco. And I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta think differently about it. And I guess the reason that it kind of resonated with me as you're talking about like Sam is I think I think, I think we get into trouble perhaps when we try to, when we think about these learning networks exclusively as like they're going to have the answer versus we're going to get lots and lots of little pieces of information that we can then assemble into our own personal programs about how we want to interpret it and then act upon it, you know? And, and this goes beyond just optimizing. A lot of people like to say the word, I don't have 
the time. That's something which uh, I know a lot of people who work really hard to optimize their time dislike because everyone has times. We all have the same 24 hours in a day and Roy expands on this perfectly. I kind of hate it when people mention this. It's like, oh, I don't have enough time to do to do X, Y, or Z thing. And it's like, you do have time. I have time. We all have the same time. We all have 24 hours in the day. You know, it's like, so it, it, it just depends on what you choose to do with it and how you prioritize. But like, you know, for, for example, some people talk about like fitness and exercise. It's like, oh, I don't have time to exercise. It's like, dude, Jack Dorsey walks five miles to, to Twitter every day and then he walks five miles home. If Jack Dorsey has time to do it and he runs square and he runs Twitter and he does all this crazy stuff, it's like, you have time to do it. And Peter Saddington coming back on the same page as Roy. I live a life of intention. I live a life of intentionality. I learned early on that if you have no goal and you have no and you have no path, then any path and any goal will suffice. The problem is, is I, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be swayed by the wind. I don't want to go where the crosswinds go. I don't want to go where the next fad goes. I have distinct and unique interests. And I am self-aware enough that those interests have enough pull, enough gravity that I should embark on that journey. And so for me, I never want to wake up and, and, and spend the day and then put my back on my bed and my head on my pillow and say, damn, man, I did a whole bunch of nothing. You know, I wasted a day and you don't have many of those days. And so for me, I, everything that I do is well thought out in, in most cases. In terms of the meta of my life and what I want to do at the high level, not all the details are thought out, but just the, the larger goals are thought out, as well as I want to live a life of intention where what I do actually matters and what I do actually moves the ball forward. I am a huge stickler, and you've probably heard this before, but I am a huge stickler on sideways energy. We burn so much time. It is irrational. Can I get, can I get uh, preachy for a second? First? Go ahead, Peter. It's irrational. When I hear people, I hear this all the daggone time. People, I got no time. I don't have enough time. What are you talking about, bro? You just burned four hours on TikTok. You just burned, you know, two hours watching the tweeters. You, you burned five hours on Netflix. You're like, like the average American spends like seven hours on like media or some peripheral device a day. Like, don't ever tell me you don't have time because you didn't need to watch that Netflix. You didn't need to watch the boob tube. And you certainly didn't need to watch that, that, you know, that person dancing on TikTok. You have the time, you have the opportunity. If you take command of your life and take personal responsibility for who you are and where you are and what you are now, because every single thing, every, every single part of you today has emerged to be you through every decision you've made. So you are a culmination of every decision you thought you made. You wish you hadn't made all the screw-ups, all the successes, you are a culmination of all of that. And so you are 100% responsible for where you are today. And I think a lot of people have missed that, that aspect. They, they want to push responsibility off to someone else. They want to say, this is the reason I am. That's the, this is the reason I can't, you know, that's the person who said, I won't, you know, this is, this is the, this is the constraints that I have that preclude me from being who I truly look. Shut up. Shut up. No, you accepted that. You made that part of your identity. You made that part of your narrative. And the narrative is wrong. The story you're telling yourself is wrong. Take personal responsibility today. Live a life of intention and live a life of purpose. And when you do, you will suffer.
But I tell you, you'll be standing in the arena and when you go out, it'll be a life well lived. Now that you have the motivation, the passion and the time, uh, let's go to Cantor and Clark, who talks about the importance of acting quickly on your ideas, a great concept which I really want to draw attention to. There is something to be said for acting on ideas fast, too, because when there's a good idea, and I always believe in sort of this collective unconscious, and I told my wife this when she had her trailer idea um, a couple months back, I said, don't even think about it anymore, get started to work on it. Because the, the idea is in your head and there's nothing maybe special about your head. It's a collective human you know, civilization. Everything that you look at, the keyboard, the microphone, my ottoman right there, that all started in someone's head, right? So once you have the idea, it's kind of birthed to the universe. So that's your time that you can exploit, right? There's a little bit of an inefficiency still. When a good idea comes out, everyone else kind of hops on good ideas because, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a pioneer, but you could be a good copier as well. So you now have the passion. You have the ability to get out there and act on your ideas. You're optimizing your time. Now, how do you not get burnt out? Great advice from Roy Blackstone coming right up. There will be periods in your life as an individual where you are going to work like hella, like a lot. You know, like I just had a period of uh, just like that recently because I've been doing this YFL stuff. And uh, it's basically like, hey, all of a sudden you're running like this project that's worth $20 million. It's like, well, I've never done that before. It's like, that's new. And like, I was working more than two hours a day, obviously, on this. I was working like 10 hours a day or even 12 hours a day, which is like more like, let's say like, to me, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot of time for me to be working. But like to more people, that's more like average. Sure. But it's like, you know, the, the amount of output that I was putting out, like I consider myself a very efficient individual in the sense that I don't really have downtime or dead time. And so like it's 12 hours of like consistently producing like really high quality work, whether that's talking to people, setting up deals, getting things together, doing uh, marketing, you know, doing branding, getting everything, uh, people who need to be talking together, talking to developers. I'm literally running like three different projects under the project that I'm running right now and doing like the business development for it and like writing articles and like talking to people and getting like these deadlines together. Like I'm doing like so many different things. And it's like, to, and I don't use like a notepad, so I don't take notes or anything, but to someone else, they might go like, oh my God, how are you doing so much? And it's like, well, the reason I can like go and like redline during these times is because like most of the time I'm not doing anything. So I like, I have all this like energy and I'm not burnt out at all. And so I can do all this crazy stuff in like a period of two or three or four or five months. And it's like, I can really like go super, super hard in hand and like, and produce. Um, so that's kind of like the way that I do things. And the way that you can think of it in like a biological term is like, you look at a sprinter, right? And you look at their physique and they're like super like strong and muscular and, and bulky, right? Um, and they can like go really, really fast, basically like a really, really short amount of time, but they can get like a lot of like work done, right? And so uh, in, the, in a nature analogy is like a lion, like a lion spends most of their time sleeping. I don't particularly spend most of my time like working, but when I do work, like I go in and I get the shit done. I really hope you enjoyed this guided self-improvement meditation. We're going to try to do a lot more of these in the future. I think it's really helpful to revisit and emphasize these great insights that our guests have shared on the show. We'll try to do this every 20 or 40 episodes.
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Market Meditations podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like us to continue bringing you fascinating people from across the world, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you'd like to listen to these podcasts and share the episode with a friend. If you have feedback or an idea for a potential guest, reach out to me on Twitter at Karush AK. And do not forget, we write a newsletter covering all important topics in crypto and traditional markets. We send it out three times a week the market meditations newsletter you also get early access to these episodes and you get transcripts and extra notes as well so make sure to subscribe there as well